Hello everyone, my name is Athena and welcome to Let's Talk Disability, my brand new podcast. So the way this is going to work is each episode I'll be talking about a brand new disability, focusing on the highs and the lows and everything about it. If you're interested in sticking along and joining the journey, make sure to subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify and to mintradio.com to find out more. So I have a YouTube channel called Live Through Dyspraxia and on there I feature a range of strategies and techniques that I've used to help myself with dyspraxia and one of the recent ones was overcoming my difficulties. I did a part one on there and lots of people were mentioning that they were interested in a part two. So I thought the first episode of this podcast would be perfect displaying that. So in the video I briefly mentioned some of the symptoms that I have of dyspraxia. So clumsiness, struggling to tie my shoelaces, talking to people, the mental side effects. It was a short video, only about five minutes. There it was very brief and something that I was definitely wanting to expand on. So here I'm going to be placing it into three categories gross motor skills which is the large muscle movements, fine motor skills which is the coordination so the small muscles in the movement such as the eyes, hands and fingers and then I'm going to be talking about the diagnosing process which is something that I don't really remember that much because I was diagnosed at seven but I've talked to my mum, I've done a little bit of research, so we're all good, we're all good. So last episode, I talked about messy messiness of eating, so such as making food, time management, asking for peers for help, making friends at uni and trying new experiences. So if you're interested in learning about any of them, I will leave a link to my YouTube channel. There I talk about all my experiences and overcoming the difficulties there. Let's start off with poor balance. Now, I'm not so bad now. I used to be really, really bad when I was younger. I couldn't stand on my own two feet for too long. I would trip over myself all the time. I went to physiotherapy when I was younger and that is something that really helped me with my coordination, getting back on my feet. I'm going to do an episode about physiotherapy and speech and language therapy because it's something that I'm really passionate about in helping with development of dyspraxia. So whilst I was there, they helped me. We practiced walking on a beam, standing on one leg. We used lots of different techniques and strategy. I feel like with balance, it's very much persistence and having an understanding that I may not be the best person out there towards balance. I may not be the best balancer out there. People may be better than me. So what? But I definitely feel like getting physiotherapy, especially for me, really helped me. I'm not as clumsy as I used to be, like I mentioned beforehand. Yes, I may bump into walls and may trip up over myself, but it's not as obvious as it was beforehand. I don't stand out like a sore thumb, and that is because of physiotherapy. And the last trait that I've written down is lack of rhythm. So I think I meant when I wrote that down, 
with dancing, I have not got the best rhythm when it comes to dancing. And I know other people who haven't got the best rhythm either. I'm not too sure exactly what I was planning when I wrote that down. But I can tell you for a fact, the moment I realised that I was rubbish at rhythm and I did not care is the moment that I started to enjoy dancing more. So I go to the club occasionally and I'm dancing and I find I'm copying different people, I'm copying their moves. I can see myself slowly getting better, but I'm not at their level, but I don't care. That's, I think that's a lot of what I'm talking about here with the different techniques and coping mechanisms. A lot of it is there isn't any particular method that can help, but one thing that will help is accepting who you are and just taking it day by day. So I'm going to take another short break before moving on to fine motor skills. So the next section is fine motor skills. So something that I've written down here on how fine motor skills affects me is problems cleaning cutlery and difficulty with writing such as pen grips. Now I'm going to start off with problems cleaning cutlery because that is the main issue here. I have a dishwasher at home and I cannot get my head around it. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried but I just can't. I get my dishes and apparently you meant to clean them beforehand. I really don't see the point of doing that but I do it anyway because my dad tells me to. Just before I go to put the load on, my dad tells me, no, you've done it all wrong. And he shows me how to do it. And I still don't know. It's like maths. I am rubbish at maths and memory. It's very, very similar maths and doing the dishwasher. Very random, but also very much makes sense in my head. Both of them don't make sense. I do my best with the dishwasher. Every day I'm trying and I'm doing my best. If you're talking about cleaning cutlery by hand, I can do that. Going to university, I got myself in a rhythm. I was really bad at cleaning cutlery. I didn't know how to do it. I left it and then when I did do it, I wasn't very good at being persistent in the way of really grubbing in and getting all the nuts and crannies but I found a way to help me combat this especially at university is getting someone to wash with me look at my techniques what I'm doing especially at home when my parents have noticed me washing up by hand they give me a little bit of tips and techniques so just getting someone to support you in everything that you do so the next thing difficulty writing especially with pen grips Now, when I was younger, I didn't have that great handwriting and I had a really weird grip on my pen. I sort of like curved my thumb around it and it just looked really, really odd. My handwriting became decent, but my grip was awful. So going into high school, I got given this pen grip and I practiced and practiced and practiced and my handwriting became quite good with this pen grip and I think the main aim that I'm coming from this is persistence. I went through this difficulty and I came out the other end with great handwriting. Now to say right now do I use a pen grip? No. Have I reverted back to my old ways? Yes. Is it easier for me? Of course it is. 
I'm fully aware that for most people is difficult the way I do it. I have a habit of things that should be difficult are easy for me and the easy way is hard for other people. I think the main message I'm coming from here is it's okay to do things your own way. You may be good at doing it one way, but if you're better at doing it another way, there's no reason why you can't do it another way. And that's the thing, especially with handwriting that I found. My handwriting's immaculate now, but my grip is terrible and I don't really care. So I'm going to be taking another short break where after I'll be talking about perception problems. So I'm back. So many people with dyspraxia struggle with perception problems. So they may be oversensitive to light, sensitive to touch, the perception with cars, or just lack of spatial awareness. This is something that not all people with with dyspraxia have, but many do have. So the first thing I've written down is oversensitivity to light. Now, for me personally, this happens more so in the evening time where I'm tired and I'm flicking through my phone or flicking on the computer and everything just seems a lot more irritating towards me. I notice the lighting changing from going from screen to screen. If I walk into a room, it sometimes gives me a headache with how bright the light is. So for me personally, something that I do to help myself with this is if I notice myself getting tired, it's a red flag to the possible things that are coming up. So I make sure to dim the lights and make sure to put blue lights on on my screen and on my computer I don't really go into many areas that have lights I turn off my lights maybe listen to a podcast I really just help myself to calm my brain down and I constantly have to remind myself being neurodivergent it's okay to be different to other people if other people say the light's fine you're overreacting I find they don't understand and sometimes people are willing to make accommodations for me because they think personally to them that it's fine why should it bother you on the surface they know you have a disability but underneath it can be hard sometimes so making the accommodations for yourself and just being aware of everything that's going around I think really helps so next sensitivity to touch This is something that I've only just started thinking about since being diagnosed autistic and thinking back at my past being dyspraxic. I've always had an issue with clothes being too tight, not feeling right, not wanting to be hugged when I feel sensitive. I always just place myself in the bracket of normal thing and what you're feeling you're just overreacting but it wasn't until I was diagnosed with autism that I realized how much that I'd been masking and just not being aware of myself towards my dyspraxic side 
So now whenever I get the opportunity, I wear trackies. I just wear comfortable clothes. Don't go out of my way to please other people with fashion senses if they feel uncomfortable. Occasionally I do wear an uncomfortable item if it's for an event and I haven't really prepped in advance, but this sort of stuff doesn't happen very often. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love it if you could subscribe on Apple Music or Spotify and let me know what you're enjoying about it. So I'm back. So Right now, I'm going to be talking about perception of space. I really struggle as a dyspraxic person with the distance of cars. When I'm crossing a road, I can't tell whether they're close or far away. Same with people and bikes. I really struggle and I've had it a few times where I've run across the road and a car has either been really far away or I've been shocked that it's been quite far I remember a time where I was at a concert and I saw the car was in the distance and I thought I heard my mum said to run. So I went to run, but she didn't say run. She said, don't run. But all I heard was run. So I had a look and I thought, well, the car doesn't look that close. Maybe I could make it. So I went to run. Turns out the car was closer than I thought and it was zooming very, very fast. I've had other times where it wasn't so bad, where I've been screaming that I don't want to cross the road because there's a car coming and I'm not going to make it and then people have dragged me across the road. I get to the other side of the road and realise, oh, the car's not even there. But the point I'm trying to make here is even now I struggle with this and I think the way that I combat around this is I go for zebra crossings. This really helps me with my perception problem as I'm not worried about whether a car's close or far away. All I'm doing is just waiting for the crossing. And if I do have to cross a road where there is cars coming, I wait until the cars have gone, which takes a little bit of time if there's a lot of cars or I go with someone else so they can help guide me. Now, lack of spatial awareness. When I was younger, I didn't really have much lack of spatial awareness. I would go up to someone right in front of their face and talk and think that was enough space. Turns out it wasn't. Turns out I was encroaching their space. Well, I didn't realise that at the time. I would bump into people thinking that I was like being like funny and stuff and I noticed that people would get annoyed but they wouldn't say anything because I'm dyspraxic they think oh Athena can't help it however it maybe it is a little bit annoying I think it's also being aware on what's going on around you having spatial awareness to pick up the vibe I don't really do this that well I'm in a mixture of just accepting the way I am, being overly cautious so people are a bit suspicious, like, is Athena okay? In reality, I'm just trying to play it safe and just accepting that I'm me. A lot of the time, it's being aware that you're not aware, but it's also getting help off people. I feel like there's nothing wrong with getting support and Getting support can actually be a good thing. It can help you create techniques and realise how to create strategies. 
So I think I'm going to end this podcast here. I really hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Find it therapeutic talking about my disability and all the aspects surrounding it. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. I'll be making a part two on the symptoms of dyspraxia. And the third episode, I'll be talking about a brand new disability, possibly autism or... ADHD I'm not too sure but make sure to tune in for then I've loved having you all and I can't wait to make new content in the future I'm just generally so excited so I'll see you next week toodaloo